This is the MFG Cast. Hey guys, Kurt here. Um, Mike couldn't make it. Uh, he's busy doing some other stuff, but I'm not alone. I'm not going to sit here and bore you with tales of myself. I've got a special guest for you. His name is Matthew Rogers. He heads the creative development of Gamesicle, and we're gonna we have him on today to talk about his Kickstarter for a game called Bane. So, uh, Matthew, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Of course. Okay, so before we talk about Bane and what the Kickstarter is all about, I'd like to figure out first, why did you decide to name your company Gamesicle? Yes, long story. So the short version for the purposes of this, I guess, conversation is (laughs) that we just wanted something that had game in the name and had a bit of whimsy. Okay. So that was the goal. And then, you know, shots fired, man. We just started working on it. Writing stuff on the board, right? You know, just just freestyling, and somehow this image in my head of this popsicle, which is orange, which I love. I love myself some creamsicles, <laughs> and uh, it just popped into my head, and I'm like, all right, and uh, and then we did this stylized bite in the uh, in the popsicle. It looks like a, it's a chess piece. It's actually the silhouette. Oh, nice. Of the side of a chess piece, right? Nice. I, yeah, and I didn't just, even notice. I didn't even notice that. That's how yeah, blatantly yeah. obvious, but not obvious to uh, me. It is no, not obvious. Actually, it's sort of that negative space thing, like the FedEx logo. You know, there's an arrow in the FedEx logo. Yeah, uh, that points right. So we uh, anyway that that image hit me. You know, popsicle with like a little like this little you know oh it's got the silhouette of a of a chess piece as a bite and and so that was it. And then we just you know did the web search and you know did all the things and said hey you know this is unique enough and. And all of that, and um, it has that whimsy, which is which is we don't uh, want to take ourselves so seriously. Uh, we like to remind ourselves that we're in this um, not only for the love of gaming, but um, also to keep things fun and entertaining in our own life. So, gamesicle, there we are. Nice, perfect. It, it's funny too because you know, l- you know, looking up everything when you contacted me for this interview, I was like, okay, let's see if I can find gamesicle on on the web. And I'm like, oh wait, oh wait, oh wait. I don't even know how to spell popsicle, so I don't even know how I do gamesicle. So, took a little bit of digging, but I, I figured it out. I'm pretty smart. Okay, well, now that we found out how you named your company, I'd like to know a little bit about you. You know, why did you decide to get in the game business? You know, I want to know how where you started off from in the beginning when you were a kid, and then how it's kind of progressed until now that you are the head of gamesicle. Sure, my earliest memories go back to Chinese checkers. <laughs> and uh, I've always been a game enthusiast, so you know, uh, played everything uh, that that you play in the seven kid growing up in the seventies, and uh, just you know all the stuff, toys and whatnot. You know, we had the Atari twenty six hundred. You know, uh, you name it. Uh, friends had early early computers. You know, so we were just doing stuff there, a little bit of everything. But at eight years old, a lot of things opened up for me. That's when I discovered uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, a big time role playing fan. And I started playing at eight. My first game uh, that I would cons- consider a game was at eight. 
uh, when I made some rules for my army men. <laughs> and so uh, uh, I, I had six sided dice and I had a system. I could even play by myself. So somehow there was like a solo variant, apparently. Because uh, I just have these memories of me being out there, two sides, and I would roll dice and I had effects and I did stuff. So I wasn't just playing and act, play acting. I was actually sort of like, you know, creating some kind of structure. And then uh, made, uh, you know, role playing variants and things. And over time, you know, I've always sort of messed with the game systems. But Dungeon Dragons really opened my mind to, hey, creatively, take an infrastructure and then go places with it and do things with it. Um, I never thought of myself as doing it professionally, but uh, a high school, college, uh, theater major, um, also kind of a media enthusiast and started paying attention to computer gaming and, and some of the, you know, just fantastic things were happening. Uh, Mist would be oh, a, very, a very influential piece, right? Mist nice. comes out. It just so happened I lived in a town uh, that the software that was uh, used to make Mist strata 3d uh, that was in my town uh (laughs) so there was sort of this uh access and i had a really good buddy who was actually a lead programmer uh for strata so i understood their software and i sort of was my mind was sort of open and that's when it started for me i'm like man look at all these tools i mean and the storytelling capabilities and just all this interesting stuff and then diablo starcraft and big influences and on the board game side it was just lots of role-playing lots of board gaming stuff like stratego and and, and again, card games. Love card games. So I grew up on, you know, uh, book, trick-taking variants. We used to play a game called Snurts um, a lot. I grew up in Alaska, so we have weird stuff up there. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, just lots of different things like that. And uh, so just a real eclectic mix. Um, I've always been very passionate about it. And eventually, you know, got to my, uh, you know, adult years, started a family and whatnot, and uh, really loved the ideas that I had, those are my little spin-offs and, and sort of my take on things, um, which is essentially the, uh, one of the concepts is like, you know, how much control can you give a player group over the result of the game? So having the game ending sort of you know, triggered by player choice, not so much like saying you're just going to play six rounds and then count your points, more along the lines of, you know, how can the players actually, how much kind of control or how much interaction can you give them to additionally sort of determine you know, when, when you know, and they're all sort of jockeying for that control, and that those ideas and some others like spawned the products I have. So Junkyard King and, and Bane come from some of these thoughts. And so yeah, my, my my best buddy and I just after about five years of fiddling with designs and playing and things, I said, hey, you want to make a go at this? And and uh, talked with the wives and yeah, and so we just started working on a plan. Um, you know, kept our day jobs, all of that. And uh, eventually um, said, you know, we have just this passion, this driving passion to create products, interact with people, and we wanted to give it a go. So we're here and uh, kind of created a five-year plan for the company. We're near two of the five-year plan, queued up sort of several designs, and uh, we're going to do everything in our power to, uh, to make this come true for us and our families. Nice. Perfect. That's great. Well, it, so- it sounds like you've gone through a, through a path that a lot of people have gone through, except for the whole having your own game studio path, but... Uh, you know, it's it's nice to see that not only you know have you played these things, but it it leads you it leads it has led you to other things because you know it's weird to think that you know when you're a kid, you you never think that it's going to be something where you go from this thing that you love that's basically just a small hobby to something that you could actually make into somewhat of a career or you know a side project or a you know, labor of love. So it's great to see that you know that you're out there doing something that you know when you were a kid you're like oh this is amazing that now i can actually make bring this to life to kids that you know you can actually influence kids of that age or even adults sorry yeah i I guess so absolutely i don't know that my story is particularly uh unique in that sense i I agree with you right i mean i think we all sort of dream 
you know, uh, those are like really big enthusiasts, you know, and I was a big hobby gamer and a war gamer and I used to be involved in, you know, local game store here. I used to, you know, I ran Magic Night for a couple of years. I mean, you know, I've, I've like touched all these different things and, and so many uh, of my friends and so many of my associates were all touched by the genres, touched by the industry, um, not not even just because of the growth, you know, which sort of started two thousand four five, right? The whole takeoff, sort of a board gaming, the renaissance, or gold, a new a new golden age, or what what do you want to call it? It's not just that; it's like it's always been there. You know, this this passion for sitting across the table from people, having that live energy, creating a very unique moment in that space and time, you know, around a game system which facilitates that connection. And so that's what gaming is for me. And so as I got older, I wanted to replicate that as much as possible, and I just have these things is I have this passion to express this execution of these game ideas and and so it's just like okay I have to do this I have to build this and I have to see what it what it shows up what it becomes and I want to share it with people and I want to you know see how far I can take this and it's not as much of an experiment as more of a quest I guess mm-hmm. you could say <laughs> knowing you as an RPG lover I'm surprised you went with that <laughs> Whoops! Guilty. 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 I, I don't role play near enough now, man. A little, a little busy at the moment, focused on these things. Ah, <laughs> uh, we all fall into our old tropes. All right. Well, now that I've had you talk for a very long time, I'm gonna have you talk for a little bit more. Why don't you tell us about uh, Bane and what that's all about? Sure. Bane is a tabletop card game. It features board game elements and card game elements combined. There's a, a, a pretty straightforward premise of Bane. Um, it's the theme of hunter and hunted, but we're using vampires, humans, and werewolves, which um, sounds like you know, uh, you know, you sort of go to a trope that you know is out there, been out there, been worked. It just seemed to really be the right thing for us. Uh, we we had other ideas ahead of that, but that's where we ended up landing. But for me, it had to have something else. Right, I had to have a little bit of a different uh, thing happening with it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with Bane, we're using uh, you know, a premise that the three original species of mankind are actually vampires, werewolves, and humans. And, and so those three species end up doing some shenanigans, and basically uh, the humans have sort of dominated Earth for several thousand years. But there is uh, actually genetic code of all three in us, and so there's this global pandemic sweeps across you know the lands. Most people are actually killed by the illness, but those that aren't killed are actually transformed by it because the uh, the pandemic actually activates this latent genetic code. And so what is old is new again, myth is returned, the world is reset, vampires, werewolves, and humans are back. However, they're sort of in their primal selves. And there was a conflict, and so the game of Bane is about that conflict. And so players play cards from their hand onto what we call the hunting grounds, which is that uh, pentagon-shaped board. And they, they basically jockey for position in the hunt. And by playing cards on the board, they're going to have a relationship where one is weak to the other, but strong against another. So there's uh, you know, vampires prey upon humans, humans prey upon werewolves, werewolves prey upon vampires. But there's also a speed. So the cards that have uh, the cards all have numbers on them, uh, one through eight. And when a player plays a card, they lock that number in the position of that engagement. So you can't play the same numbered card. So there's this whole interaction of attempting to not be prey, fitting into the hunt, and, and being able to uh, progress you know, through the course of the game uh, in Two Rises Victor, which we call, uh, which every player has a score track um, that tracks their score, and it, it, you basically move down the track six spaces, moving into the space at the end of the track called Mastery. So the player who, who moves into Mastery and, and has the most trophies um, compared to other players also in Mastery um, is going to win. So it's, like a, it's actually like a king of the hill 
sort of experience, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're trying to separate yourself from the pack and shove everybody away that's chasing you down. <laughs> um, and there's other things in the game. Right? You know, there's some tokens and interactions and some special powers that get unlocked halfway through the game. And, and so there's sort of this escalating tension. And so um, that sort of hunter and hunted theme and, and, and sort of resetting and kind of giving this premise about the world and, and that this relationship we call the baning power which is that balance, right? Mm-hmm. So that order of prey of, of who preys on who, plus the, the token we call the Bane token, which is where we get basically the name of the game. Uh, you know, Bane means to 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 spoil or ruin, right? So, mm-hmm. so the game is all about you know reading the players. It's it's more about that than just the board. You don't just simply put a card down because you can. It's all you know. There's a lot of interaction and and reading the players, and the game adapts sort of to the player group. If you're really meta, you know, really into the poker read that type of thing. You know, players can do that. There's there's space there, but um, especially like three player bane, it's a little more casual. We have a little more space to kind of plan ahead on your moves, and there's a little more forgiveness to to the speeds on the table and stuff. And so that can be uh, really good for people who like a little more casual card game experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've kind of made a range of of how the game plays, and uh, yeah, we've worked worked uh, over two and a half years. Um, on uh, different mechanics and, and sort of different balancing and tweaking the numbers just to left and tweaking them to the right. And, and so we've come up with this entire package that's kind of the premise and kind of how it plays on our Kickstarter. You'll see uh, you know instructions on how to play. We've got two new videos coming also of, of like some playthrough stuff. And and um, um, so we're, uh, yeah, we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, it looks great. I mean, you, you sent me a prototype. It doesn't have everything like it's going to be in the final product. But what you sent me... Um, looks gorgeous. Um, can, do you? Can we give a little shout out to who did the art for it? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got sort of three different uh, things going on. So okay. we have the illustrations, uh, which we kind of went with this sort of graphic novel, uh, a little bit grungy, sort of interesting uh, look, and that's by um, a, a new artist that lives here locally. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll just say that everything I've done is all locally sourced in Northwest. So oh, great. I've, I've worked with relationships here and people and, and, and work to connect with them. And I'm kind of like the, you know, a face-to-face guy. Um, mm-hmm. So I just sort of went that path what was comfortable for me. But uh, Lauren Vargas uh, did the illustration. And then we worked with a, a design group in Vancouver, Washington called Blue Blazes. And uh, Blue Blazes is a great group. They did my, my Kickstarter video, oh, nice. the Kickstarter graphics, um, and the graphic design, the look and feel of the cards. You know, the logo. Of course, we have just beautiful art by Ryan Yee uh, from Magic the Gathering fame. He's also a concept artist for Shell Games. And uh, so our box art, our, our main image is by Ryan. Um, and that's, uh, that's part of the Blue Blazes uh, relationship and things. It's been fantastic. The boards that you're seeing, um, those are definitely the most of the prototyping. Um, that just comes from us. Um, we mock those up. That gives you the, the parchment and sort of shape, dimensional feel of what we're doing and where we're kind of going with it. So we're going to make some tweaks to that, and I've got some refinement things I want to do, but that's the basic uh, basic direction. So you're getting you know, uh, kind of a, uh, a mixture of uh, all those influences, but uh, that's us. Yeah, that's And great. then the, to- the tokens, those wooden tokens come from Tinderbox Entertainment, which is also out of Vancouver, Washington. Um, Very nice. And uh, they're friends of ours. That's the you know that's uh, the unlockable we hope to get to, so that we can provide those as an option for people to add to their to their sets. Very cool. Yeah, I like I like um, in, in even before this interview, you you've been tweaking and you've been making sure you know everything is getting to where you know where you need it to be. And from what I can tell, and I you know I told I told Matthew this I haven't played I haven't been able to play it yet because I just got it uh, the day before we were recording this interview, but. Uh, just by reading over the instructions and seeing all the detail in the cards and in the instructions and what you need to do, it seems like it's a very detailed game. It's something that when you first see it, 
you're like, okay, well, you know, it's just a few cards, a couple of tokens, and a game board, you know, what is it all about? But it's really, you know, it really has more of an uh, immersive feel to it once you have to figure out, you know, like you said, with the whole, almost like the poker facing, you have to figure out, you know, what the other what the other person's going to be playing, you have to decide if you're going to use your Bane token, you know, on a certain player to, you know, basically spoil what they're going to play. You have to figure out the cards in your hand because just like any kind of game where you have a certain number and one's higher, one's lower, you kind of have to decide, you know, if, you know, if you're really willing to put out this, this, you know, your best card right now, or do you want to save it till later, you know, you know, just in case this other person's going to be playing in a different way. I like that aspect where it gives you a little, you know, more facets than just the overall gameplay. It gives you, you know, it gives you a uh, opportunity to study who you're playing and get the idea of, okay, well, obviously, if I play this with my wife, if I play this with my best friend, if I play this with people I don't know, you have to, you have to kind of get their read because you just don't know exactly where they're going to go with it. And I like, I like that aspect of it. Yeah, thank you. We, um, we found a unique, um, interesting way to, to do that, just what you said. So the cards have a type, right? So it's a three-suited game. So if we can talk card game terms, you know, sorry. I'll put my little design hat on just for a moment, right? <laughs> so, so basically it's a three-suited game that is born out of sort of the trick-taking side of the fence, right? So everybody plays a card and then there's one winner. So, so in that sense, it's kind of like a trick-taking game. However, <laughs> it's very unlike a trick-taking game because there's no rules for following suit or there's nothing like that. Yeah. And, and, and there's no, like, setting up a, a trumping, uh, what have you. But the Bane token um, could be considered uh, like, you know, as a trumping move. But, of course, that's only usable one time per round, which we mm-hmm. call the hunt, right? So you only get four or five shots of that, of course, of a game, typically. Yeah. So what we found is that what card is good and what card is bad, quote unquote, if, you know, when you're looking at your hand, is actually based on two factors. It's based on the suit, on the, the type of card, Vampire Werewolf Human, and its corresponding number. Just because a card actually has a fast number, a one, two, three, like the fast cards, doesn't actually mean that the moment you play the card, that it's actually going to be the best possible card at that moment. Mm-hmm. So a slow card, right, which is, you know, six, seven, eights, right, the, the ones that are on the other end, they can win a, an engagement just as easy as anybody else. Mm-hmm. What the numbers do is they just they basically like an initiative system or priority. The card that's the fastest card in play just gets the first opportunity to look for prey. But if he doesn't find it, then the second fastest card gets the next opportunity. And if he doesn't find it, then the next fastest card gets the opportunity. So that particular combination is what was the heart and soul that has been in the game from the beginning. That was the initial conception. I say, what if we made a game that was sort of hunter hunted? What mechanic would facilitate that? And then that's when we took uh, and came up with this, you know, uh, relationship, which has got a little bit of a rock paper scissor plus numbers, and we mm-hmm. mixed this interesting thing together. And that's the core gameplay. And then over time, we just evolved it with the Bane token, uh, the special ability cards that unlock halfway through the game, and, and the you know individual board positioning and just the other nuances and the trophies, et cetera, and kind of how those things all work together. Mm-hmm. You bet. Can you uh, elaborate a little bit more on the special powers about how they affect the game? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, currently um, we are using five special powers. We are actually looking at uh, two or three additional ones to add, and we're working with game balance on that. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're, we're even thinking of creative ideas on, on, on maybe getting the community involved. It's kind of like, you know, so, nice. so as it goes, right, then the backer community can then vote, right? Yep. So it's, okay, as we go to production, here's our last three options, pick two, 
Yeah. You know? And who do, um, who doesn't like to who doesn't like to have their hand in something? Yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, so we're kind of holding those back because I think that would, you know, uh, the game plays really well with the five cards we have. They're very, they're very interesting and balanced. And the, and the way they work is, as an individual progresses down the track, um, a player will move one space every time that there's the end of the hunt when you score. They, everybody will move one space no matter what, regardless mm-hmm. of how many trophies you lose. Okay. The the player or players with the most trophies, however, will advance two spaces instead of one. They get a bonus space. So that's what you're fighting over, right? You're fighting over separating from the pack. As soon as a player gets to their third, uh, the score of three, they're able to draw from the stack um, of special powers. The special powers are not just strictly I win cards. The special powers are are, are subtle as well. And they demand that you play them with you know some measure of, of, of like you know like we we're talking with reading reading the opponent reading the moment etc. What mm-hmm. they do is they do things like make a card the fastest card in play. And so you can so you're thinking that ah oh, I've got this and all of a sudden you're like aha my seven speed human is now the fastest card in play. Sorry, <laughs> you know, your werewolf goes down. So you know so that's that's the you know, frenzy card. We have another card called Master Hunter, which is very subtle. You just simply put it out after somebody plays a plays a card onto play, which is called the hunters, right? All these vampires, worlds, and humans we just call hunters categorically. So there's hunters and powers in the game, just the two types of cards. So you put a, someone puts a hunter down, and you play master hunter, just right on top of them immediately in response. And now that card cannot be baned; it's protected. It's it's, it's going to stay in play. So it's usually like a, you know the fast card, the one speed, right? Yeah. The card that comes out. So like there's these big moves that you weren't expecting to happen. And then uh, there's a card called blood move. Uh, which is sort of a, sort of a fan favorite. Everyone uh, thinks Blood Moon is pretty fun. Well, Blood Moon just reverses the, the the effects of the speeds of the game. So the eights are the fastest, the ones are the slowest, right? So you know the board evolves. You think you know where it's headed, and someone's like, "Ah, Blood Moon!" Whoop! You know, reversed. Um, and that creates for some funky interactions. There's a card called Changeling, which also allows you to change a card's type. So nope, nice. that's not a vampire. That's a werewolf. Yes. In disguise, right? <laughs> so yeah, so so these cards are one use only, and so after you use them, they go back to the box. So you know, use them well. Um, other players can still do, you know, some, can still do some interesting interactions. So uh, sometimes they work, uh, you know, famously, like spot on, and then other times you're like, I'm going to try this, and I hope it still pulls off. But players may still use bane tokens and things, and you know, etc. So the game offers um, actually a lot of a lot of player choice, a lot of puzzle puzzling um and it, like like we were talking it sort of caters to the group too so mm-hmm. and you can just play them sort of in obvious ways but then you can also do be as creative as the group wants to be so yeah that's great gives gives people a lot of options which is great it's nice to have something that's very this this game seems very simple to learn and it, but it's also got a complexity to it where you can do various movements instead of just doing you know, A or B, basically. So, all right. Well, we pretty much talked about the game at length. Um, I'd like for uh, the one of the last things for you to do, if you could, if you just tell people uh, uh, what do you guys are looking at as far as pledge levels on Kickstarter. Yeah, uh, we, we basically have three pledge levels. So, uh, we, we, we do have a fourth. We, we have a one dollar, right? To you know, mm-hmm. offer everyone the opportunity to just simply hop on and watch. You know, uh, and and whatnot. And if you if you want to stay at the one dollar level, you will get our downloader wallpaper. So we're gonna dress up the Ryan Yee illustration a little bit, make it a nice wallpaper, a few sizes, high res, the whole thing. And so anybody that participates in, in that will will get the wallpaper. Um, so we have a twenty eight dollar uh, uh, free shipping US uh, game. Nice. So yep, straight to your door. Uh, you know, easy peasy. Um, the game comes as two millimeter chipboard. The box is basically like the the design we have for the box right now is like the power grid size, oh, okay. right? 
Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, because we have these, you have those player boards, right? And so mm-hmm. the player boards have to allow um, several cards to be on them, and we want them to be one piece. Uh, we don't want to do a fold or anything like that. Uh, the main board comes as five interlocking puzzle fit pieces, uh, similar to something uh, like Aquasphere or you know those games. Uh, so that that's what the game comes. Twenty eight dollars, boom, uh, right straight to you. And then if you want to collect the playmat, um, which you have, mm-hmm. um, that's from our local partners here at Inked Playmats. Nice. Is who that um, is who are going to be manufacturing those? Then yeah, that's the fifty five dollar tier. Okay. Uh, it's the seasoned hunter. In addition, uh, you will receive the Kickstarter exclusive alternate art one speed vampire. Um, and by exclusive, we mean exclusive. We are only going to produce it uh, for those at fifty five tier and above. We're not going to print them, reprint them. Um, there's actually a place in the lore for the card, but they're sort of like a special assassin. So, so yep, we're gonna gonna have those. Those aren't a normal promo strictly for that. And then additionally, that that's the level that you start to be included. You know, in the credits, right? That's mm-hmm. what we call our several wall of backers. We're having a scroll of backers and included in our, our rule book so uh you get to be part of uh, part of that our thank you in memoriam forever uh, in the rule book and then uh, we have a hundred dollar tier which adds a couple more exclusives you're able to get we have a t-shirt that's got the bane logo but on the back of the t-shirt says i got your back nice. uh and so that'll it's a nice it's actually a charcoal heather shirt so it's not your ad it's not 100 cotton it's cotton poly blend uh right. really nice shirt um, we're committed to going to 4X on it as well, so we're going to you know, make that happen. I'll make it happen. <laughs> um, yes, Internet Webs, I just said I will make it happen. Um, we're also going to uh, give you um, an ex- uh, a special a Bane token for your very own. So uh, you'll have your own inscribed Bane token, and so as part of the surveys, stuff will follow up and get everyone exactly what they want inscribed. Uh, on their Bane tokens, you show up to the games and you can uh, you know, play with your own Bane token. Uh, of course, you get the other things, you know, unlockable, you know, if, uh, anything at stretch goals met. Um, obviously, all of those tiers get it. Uh, we did have a $300 tier where people can participate, uh, but we had some people following the project and, and, and whatnot. They grabbed those $300 tiers, and that's people are going to actually influence cards. So they're going to get a chance to, uh, uh, you know, add a little, little bit. So we're open to, you know, redesigning some of the illustrations and, and what whatnot. So uh, so those, those tiers, um, you know, are taken. But, yeah, basically kind of three levels, you know, 28, 55, and 100. Uh, free shipping U.S. On, on all those. And then, you know, just, you know, it's kind of, kind of the usual sort of, you know, hit, hit the average for the other countries uh, we have two different sort of you know shipping partners that we kind of have queued up and you know we're working with and so when we finally see the, the lay of the land at the end like how many people in shipping where we'll be able to uh, make those but we're working very hard to ensure that you'll never paying anything more than the shipping that we have listed on the tier perfect well, that's great because um the free u.s shipping is always huge seems like a lot of people always dig that you know um, and it's uh, fairly fairly cheap for twenty for the first tier for the twenty eight dollars. It's fairly cheap, and I'd say even for the fifty five you said for the third tier, for the second tier, for the yeah. second tier, for the second tier. Yeah, the um, the play mat is is gorgeous, and it's like any nice play mat. It's functional. It's easy to store. That's always great. So I say, you know, if you got the money, guys, guys and girls, go for it because it's quite the beaut. So yeah, yeah, those those play mats are awesome. You know, check out inkedplaymats.com. And you can see their quality and, and reviews and stuff and the things that they do. And, and obviously, this is special, right? It's five-sided, so it'll come trimmed, uh, ready to roll. So, yeah, we've been playing with them for months. And at first, I was going to mock up the, the Puzzle Fit board, but then we just thought, you know, it might make more sense to get the you know deluxe materials out 
so everybody has plenty of chances to have lots of talking about this is the, this is the material that you'd be paying extra for because everyone knows kind of what two millimeter chipboard is right the nice uh, chipboard so it's like okay so you kind of more people know that than they sort of know the tokens or or know the play mat so that was sort of our strategy so we spent a little extra and we got got those as part and that's why you have that as the prototype nice perfect well I think I've exhausted every question I have. Is there anything else you'd like to promote? <laughs> Twitter, your website, anything? Yeah, you know, right now, I think it's really just all about the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we're going to obviously roll into uh, working more uh, and building up uh, more of a presence um, with our website. You know, obviously, websites are driving things, but that'll be after the Kickstarter. So, mm-hmm. Kickstarter, the game is called Bane, and uh, we are uh, going to be rolling through this Kickstarter until I guess we end on the 10th okay. of June. You know, we are just past the we're just past the first week, barely past the first week, and we're 40% funded, uh, or 39, 39%, 40% funded, something like that right now. Great. And for an unknown, I think we're doing pretty good. You know, <laughs> um, We're hanging in there, and, and we're, we've got a lot of stuff going on and, uh, and getting attention, and we love it. So, yep, yeah, if anybody has any questions, you know, feel free to post, right? Mm-hmm. Post in comments. Uh, you can email us directly at play at gamesickle.com you know that's our, our basic email uh, and any one of the three of us who are watching the email you know, will get it and uh, doing everything I can to respond uh, within a business day of anything I, that, that shows up and uh, yeah so we're just excited to have this chance we've got a lot of support uh, we love this game we want to see it on everyone's tables that, that wants to have it so perfect there you go alright well again well, again, I didn't even say I didn't even say it the first time. Well, thank you, Matthew, for coming on. I really appreciate coming on and talking your wares. And I mean, it looks great. And you're it seems like you're already, you know, on off to a great start after only week one. And we can only expect good things. So good luck. Oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate being here, and look forward to uh, hearing back from you about uh, how you like it. You know, play it with more play play with different groups. I always like to hear. Like, you know, bring the casual players over, try it with them, right? Bring the hardcore guys, try it with them. Be interested to hear um, about that. We're still tweaking and looking for rules advice. If you find sections that just seem unclear, would love to hear um, anything I have to say from, from that um, so we can get the, the best possible uh, opportunity to, to make everything as good as, you know, as, as we can. So thanks again. Really appreciate it. Mm-hmm.